So, I looked up career earnings, but it it's telling me one point two million dollars, a little over that. That's probably about right. Fred is just hung up because he, he's bottom. just looking at me. And I, go, I go, I go, like uh, it, finally, it's like mid afternoon. He looks over at me. He goes, "Dude, quit looking at me like I'm Avery. <laughs> I'm a professional angler." And uh, he goes, "Well, if you get 14 pounds a day, I will see you here on Championship Days." And I'm like, I "Just, I, I just saw the light. Like at that moment, the words that came out of his mouth gave me the confidence. It's not over." Hey, 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 hey! Welcome back to the show. Welcome to Tour 12, where we are inspiring people every week every month to live their passions throughout business leadership and life my name is jay heath graham and i am so pumped to be here on this episode today man i just want to say right quick before we get started thank you to everyone who's been sending emails sending texts to my close close friends uh i get pretty much on a regular basis heath when's the next podcast coming and I do want to say it does inspire us to get after it a little bit faster and record the next podcast. We are literally just shutting down our day-to-day work schedule uh, to make these things happen as regular as we can. It obviously takes a lot of time to sit and schedule and plan and prepare, and uh, but we are making time to do that, and part of that is because you guys have been sending us some incredible feedback. Uh, we appreciate that big time. With that, I do want to say if you have some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up, email us at feedback at tour12.com. You can hit us up on Instagram. We would absolutely love to hear from you. If you've got topics of discussion you would like to hear us talk about, let us know that. I've had several people already send us some messages about what it's like filming in the field, what it actually takes to, to pull off what we do, and how we've been able to pull it off for 10 years and what's went into it. We've talked a little bit about that in the past. We're going to get into some more of that. Um, down the road but we would love to hear from you if you're enjoying what you're hearing do us a huge favor man go on itunes give us a review it helps us out tremendously Uh, we would love to know uh, what you think about the podcast and so we've had several people do that we appreciate that Uh, things are going well this is actually episode six and this is going to be the official launch for us across all of our networks we've kind of been through the soft launch stage through the first five episodes trying to critique and find out from from you guys that have already been listening to us what we can do better to make this thing something that's not only entertaining but actually adds value to the to to your life so at the end of the day that's what we want to do is we want to not only be a little bit entertaining hopefully but the at the end of the day we want to be providing and producing something that's actually adding some true value to your life something that you can say you know what i need to look at this area in my life and try to be better or whatever. We have to do that on a regular basis, and so we just encourage our listeners to do that on a regular basis as well. Evaluate life every single day and figure out how can I be better, how can I um, attack the grind every single day and become great at whatever it is you do day to day because I promise we can all be better. We've got another special podcast today. we got Fred the Man, the legend, Boom Boom Rombanis. A true professional in his career. He fishes professionally with Bassmaster Elite. He's been doing that for years. He's previously fished FLW. Um, He has been around for around 16 years or so now, fishing professionally, living his passion every single day. And he has an incredible journey and story of how he got there. We're going to get to share that with you here in just a few minutes. We had a great conversation, me and B, uh, with Fred. He actually lives right here in our hometown, so it was just an easy easy uh, effort to get him on the podcast and you're going to enjoy this conversation i had a few thoughts following um our conversation with fred he is uh got an incredible story of inspiration and hope of not giving up on your dreams and following the conversation i actually had some friends over and had a, a friend over who's going through a little bit of stuff and asked them how they were doing in that certain situation and they shared this quote with me that they had just read and they said this pretty much represents my life right now i want to share this quote with you because i wonder if there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're in this same place i want to share this and you think about it we would rather stay in something that enslaves us that is predictable rather than embrace what is new and good why because it feels normal to us And we will choose normal over new. I want you to think about that for just just a minute. I don't even know who said that, but this individual shared that with me. I want to read it again. We would rather stay in something that enslaves us and that is predictable rather than embrace what is new and good. Why? 
because it feels normal to us and we would rather choose normal over new. I wonder if there's a lot of people out there that find themselves in that place in life, refusing to try things that are new, refusing to change, refusing to, to go after their dreams, go after their passion. And Fred really inspired me to even take it to the next level. I don't really feel like I have a problem chasing my dreams and living my passion, but we can always go further. We can always do better. And Fred has been a true inspiration. He's been a true pleasure and honor to have him on the podcast. I have a good feeling this won't be the last time you hear from Mr. Fred Boom Boom Ron Bannis on this podcast. But without further ado today, we're going to jump right into it. This is that conversation with the man, Fred Boom Boom Ron Bannis. I'm ready. I think we're rolling, actually, right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the conversation. I am stoked today because I got my man, B-Hunt, back in the studio with me, and we have the legend himself, Mr. Fred, boom, boom, Rombanis, in the studio with us. So we're going to have a really good time today. I'm going to turn this music down because that's what I do because I'm producing right now at the same time, multitasking. I'm a master of multitasking and accomplishing. I'm glad you are because I couldn't run all that. And accomplishing nothing most of the time. But what's up, Fred? Good to have you, man. Man, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, you, you, that Hold music's on. still going. I, I'm going to fade it down. Hold on. Let the producer work. <laughs> I was trying to get y'all talking so I could focus for a minute over here. I got you back right here. You know that's a good intro, though. We got Boom Boom in the house. So, uh, who is on a. I do want to say. Ever loving just hot so streak you know, Fred, right now. Just so yeah. you know, we were going to have you on before the hot streak. Yeah. But now it looks like we're just riding your coattail. <laughs> oh, heck, we're just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. That's right. It is before the hot streak. So uh, I'm going to pull something out here because I did a little research on you before you came. A lot of people okay. in, our, in our world don't know you. They're about to know you, Fred. <laughs> I looked up something on the internet because everything on the internet is true. Everything. And so you may not even know this. I didn't figure you – I don't know you that well, but I'm guessing you wouldn't have told me all this. That's why I'm going to tell everybody for you. So, I looked up career earnings from Mr. Fred. Do you even know this? Do you know your stats? You can correct the internet. Now, it may not be up to date as of late, but it it's telling me $1.2 million, a little over that. That's probably about right. And then it even breaks down total weight, 4,823 pounds and 15 ounces. Of bass. Of bass. And, and that's, that's just in the tournaments, right? Yeah, that's just on the Bassmaster side, too. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you so, got that other side, that FLW got, side, too. Yeah, so let me continue. We got 56 top 30 finishes, 40 top 20 finishes, 19 top 10. You, ain't, you don't care for third place much, but four second place finishes, two first place finishes, times in the money, 86, four classic appearances, and 156 total tournaments. That's just on the Bassmaster side? Yeah, it's just Bassmaster side. You know what? <laughs> I've been doing it for a while. I went fishing yesterday, crappie fishing. You know what I caught? A bass, a brim, and a a hybrid. That sounds a little bit like me when I go crappie that's fishing. How, that's Brandon how Brandon will tell you. <laughs> that's how good a fisherman I Now, I look good out there, but that's a, that's about how good a fisherman I am. So, Fred, he can catch a green fish, but oh, yeah? we're working on the crappie fishing's a work in progress. Yeah, I quite. I just can't figure it out. I, I don't know. Crappie, crappie, and I don't get along. So Fred's got two kids. He's got Jackson and Avery. Yeah. Jackson's what fifth grade? Yep, fifth grade. Avery's kindergarten. Avery's about to graduate kindergarten. So we're crappie fishing this winter, and uh, it's it's a good day. We're catching them. We're catching a few, and uh, Fred is just hung up. Because he, he's bottom. just looking at me, and I go, I go, I go like uh, it, finally, it's like mid afternoon. And I just I'm looking at his line. I'm like, he's hung up, and I'm just looking at. Him. He looks over at me. He goes, "Dude, quit looking at me like I'm Avery. I'm a professional angler." That's awesome, man. I just can't. I, you were catching them right on the bottom, but not on the bottom. Right. I'm used to snapping a jig up off the off bottom. the bottom. You know what I mean? Like keeping contact with the yeah, bottom. Yeah, yeah. So. A little that's different. A, that's hilarious. So, B's been fishing a little bit too lately. He's on a hot streak too. Yeah, that, you, that pretty much ended last night. You want to share your career earnings? Yeah, it's about $522. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Yeah, but don't let him lie, though. He's a good fisherman, ain't he? Oh, he's very good. He is a good fisherman. No doubt. So tell tell us, man, a little of your, just for our listeners, a little bit of your journey. Yeah, you know, um, I actually grew up in California. Uh, my dad was a cable car conductor in San Francisco, and my mom Hold worked. on, hold on. It just made sense. I forgot else, something else to mention. Oh, okay. You can bring me a little clarity to this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had to. Because it mentions his hobbies be hunting, tactical shooting, biking, hiking, traveling, and skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> yep. And it just connected. It just made sense. Well, he yeah. can do it. I've seen him in the garage. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, like, like I said, we grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, the things I did was skateboard, BMX bike. And I'd always carry a fishing pole. We had some little reservoirs and lakes and uh, just bodies of waters that I'd ride my bike to. And, and I really just fell in love with bass fishing. Um, back then, we watched on TNN, Bill Dance, Hank Parker, Jimmy Houston, you know, the, the greats. And uh, I just, it was something that, <clears throat> I don't know, I just love getting out there and experiencing the outdoors, getting away from the city life. And uh, learning how to do things kind of on my own. And it seemed like when I did catch a bass or, you know, I got a photo or something at the reservoir, it was almost like I got rewarded in a positive way where I wasn't really into all the other sports at the time. <clears throat> and people just, you know, they recognize that. And I think it helped me build confidence as a kid. And so that's why I think most of the things I did was individual stuff like skateboarding. And, and it was more stuff you had control over. Yeah, exactly. Had control over. Not that I'm not a team sport guy or anything like that. I, you know, I, I did play football through high school, and and, and right. we had a lot of su- success there. But um, fishing was just something that I loved doing. And that's where, uh, you know, obviously it was the only thing I never got hurt doing. <laughs> so I was able to carry it through many more years than some of these other sports. So, you know, the skateboard and the snowboard and the, the bike and all that stuff kind of, you know broken wrist you know wake right. up in the hospital from snowboarding you know stuff like that kind of ended those those potential maybe careers who knows but fishing was uh so was like, definitely something that i continue doing so like at what, at what point did it start clicking in your mind to think you know there's a chance i might could do something with this career-wise well it's funny because i bass fished since i was eight years old and i wanted to do it from watching on tv watching bass masters and and uh but I didn't, I never stepped foot on a bass boat. You know, I didn't grow up in a fishing family. I didn't grow up uh, even knowing people with bass boats. But there was a tackle shop. When I was 15 years old, I got a job there. And uh, I got to meet some of the sales guys. And some guys would come in buy tackle. And I, I knew a lot about bass fishing just from my experiences. And guys would, you know, and let me fish clubs with them. Right. And I did really good from the back of the boat. And I said, man, I, I got to figure out how I'm going to get myself one of these bass boats. And so, you know, at about 18, right when I graduated high school, I did the tackle shop thing <clears throat> and did construction all summer long and bought me a little Skeeter Starfire yeah. that I sunk on my 19th birthday. <laughs> so I did almost end that career at that moment, but I was so engaged into the fishing industry at that time that I was able to get a sales job and, you know, get back on, you know, start over with new rods, reels, everything else. Right. But um, my first pro-am that I fished... I finished ninth place. And so I never really did fish as a co-angler other than the handful of club tournaments I fished. Uh, and I did, I did really well in those. So kind of from elementary for some of the people that, that may listen to us that don't know fishing lingo, stuff like that. Describe, yeah, describe a club tournament. So like, yeah, there's clubs all over the country. Um, Bass clubs, bass bass fishing clubs, bass fishing clubs. They usually have a, at the time, there was a restaurant called Fuddruckers out in California. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they even have one out here or not. But it's just a hamburger joint. They'd meet the first Wednesday of every month at 6 p.m. And they would discuss where their tournament was going to be. And they'd have, you know, whatever they do in meetings for right. fishing. All I cared about was who my draw was going to be and what lake we were going to. <laughs> and what kind of fishermen were they? Are they shallow water guys? Are they deep water? Do I need to bring split shots? Do I need to bring yeah. top water? You know. But, and you uh, were fishing with those guys. Out of the back of their boat. Out of the back of their boat yep. and doing really well. And then the pro-ams. The pro-ams came along. Um, Describe kind of what a pro-am I remember is. going to a weigh-in. Uh, we were at one of those club tournaments. There was a big pro-am weigh-in, so I kind of stuck around because I drove there. I had my driver's license at the time, and I, I watched these guys weighing in. And I'm like, man, I want to do what they're doing. I want to fish with control. I want to be the guy in the front of the boat. I want my own boat. I, was, I didn't have the money. You know, it was kind of – so that's when I, I was determined to – 
you know, work hard and, and get a job where I could actually make some money. So I was more of a demolition guy for uh, construction. And uh, at the same time, I was managing a tackle store because I, mm-hmm. I got promoted there. And then some of the sales reps came in. They gave me an opportunity to become a sales rep for, a, for Daiwa, yeah. uh, you know, so for fishing industry companies. So I worked for a company called Callum Western Sales while I was going to college mm-hmm. at Diablo Valley College there. And uh, it all, all the pieces kind of came together to build a foundation, give me a sales background, give me, you know, an edge as far as getting the sponsorships it would take down the road. Now, I didn't have a whole lot of time because I was a nobody. Right. I was a guy that was passionate about it, wanted to do it. And then I just never gave up, you know. I so, just, I mean, that kind of, that really strikes me there because, um, you know, most guys that fish at some point in their life, especially if they started fishing early and like we grew up and you see it on TV and, and most guys are fishing first and then the business side of it second. Whereas what you just said is you gain sales and business acumen while and even really kind of before you were dialing in your and honing your fishing skills as much as you were and and i think that's something people probably don't even realize about professional anglers is it ain't just about catching a fish no it's almost a 50 50 split exactly the successful ones i'd say i mean i'd love to say that i was fishing every single day and that's all i ever did but uh, the amount of promotions and the amount of uh, the business side of things it, it's definitely if you're not doing that you just can't win enough with your expenses mm-hmm. to i mean you're gonna you can have some really good years i mean i've had years where i've won close to a half a million dollars mm-hmm. and i've had years where i've won like thirty thousand. so right. you know what i mean you just don't you can't rely on just straight winnings you gotta have that that business side the sponsorships and the partnerships uh to make it bigger mm-hmm um, and to continue and to raise a family and everything else. So it's a uh, grind. Ain't it? it is a grind. It's a grind. It's every day is a grind. Yeah. But I wouldn't want so to. So there's a lot of similarities even with what we've done. Yeah. In the, the hunting industry. 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities there, except you got to go win. Yeah. I mean, we got to kill stuff, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, but, but it's a little different pressure but, than, it's but it's a lot a, different pressure. <laughs> I guarantee you. I mean, it's pressure, but it's, yeah. but it's, it's when you're passionate about something like that, because, does it ever let you down? Yeah. No. no. Not in the end. It never does. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, gained, I, I got into a position where I'd made the Bassmaster Tour. I failed at it the first year before it became the Elites. Mm-hmm. Um, I fished the FLW Tour, and I finished 101. I actually lost a fish in my live well. And at the time, there were 200 boats in the FLW Tour. They were the first ones to really pay the big money, uh, offering $10,000 to 50th mm-hmm. place, where you know you guys could pay their bills. And the very last event was at Lake Champlain, and I was doing a topwater frog where I'd learned the technique from fishing California Delta where I grew up. And uh, I was on, I mean, I, they were just biting. And I put a four and a half pounder in the boat, opened my live well, caught another four. The four jumps out. because I, I This is my <laughs> fault. I turned my back to the live well, and I'm balancing like two pounders to get rid of a two pounder. When I go back in, I'm looking for the four pounder. It's gone. Oh, and my... My co-angler said, dude, that fish jumped out of the boat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like it jumped. So I ended up finishing like 12th when it was a top 10 cut. And I finished one point from requalifying. Now, that was a $200,000 tournament, which I really believe I could have won. Uh-huh. Um, I still had like 18 pounds. Right. <laughs> so it, Lake Champlain at the time, that was incredible. And uh, it just it didn't work out for me there. So I went back and uh, fished the Bassmaster Open opens again. Got back into the the tour. Actually, qual- qualified. I went up north and fished the Costa series. So they did like a northern. And back then, this is before I even had you know. There was no social media. There was. Yeah. I was 24 years old, and uh, my boat. I had to pretty much drill new screws in after every event <laughs> to keep the the top cap and the bottom cap together. <laughs> um, and I show up at the Mississippi River, and I had shingles. I, it was. I mean, it was. This was like my last dime and I'm at lacrosse Wisconsin and I remember going up to the tournament director for the coast and I've already fished the Bassmasters. I fished the FLW and it's just like I'm failing I'm failing I'm failing I'm failing what else do I got yeah. so I told the tournament director at the meeting I had shingles during practice so I could only go out for like a day and I found some lily pads I threw my frog got two bites but I didn't even set the hook because it hurt I mean everything hurt mm-hmm. and uh 
my whole I had rash all the way down my left side. So uh-huh. during the five days I was there, I fished for a couple hours and I found one little area. And I told the, the tournament director comes to me. I said, "Look, this is gonna be my last one. There were still more events to qualify to back to the FLW tour." And I said, "This is the last one." I'm, I mean, I had negative money in my account. I mean, that's how bad it got. Wow. So stress level was really high. You know, when it, it's all I ever wanted to do. And uh, I told Chris um, Jones, who was the tournament director, I said, "This is it. It's my last one. I'm gonna, you know, give my all, but I can't afford to make the payment for the next one." So. I really don't know how I'm going to get back to California at this point. Um, and he says, well, how are you doing here? And I said, I could probably get 12 pounds, 14. What I'm thinking, off a couple of bites. Right. Yeah. You know, just because I, I could tell they were, you know, that two and a half pounds. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And uh, he goes, well, if you get 14 pounds a day, I will see you here on championship days. And I'm like, I just, I just saw the light. Like, at that moment, the words that came out of his mouth gave me the confidence it's not over. And this, so I went out there the first day of the tournament, went to that spot and my pain disappeared. I mean, I still had it, but I wasn't right. I was so focused. I had a half a tank of gas in my boat. It wasn't that far from takeoff. Thank goodness. <laughs> I go down there and, uh, well, the co-angler was going to give me gas money at the end of the day. So right. I knew I was going to be able to fill it back up the next day. Yeah. But I went off of what I had left. Um, staying at a night's in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Luxury hotel. <laughs> Uh, and I go down there. sponsor. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, no, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> but anyway, that was uh, the first spot I pulled up to. I caught 15 pounds in about an hour on a frog. Wow. And I remember what he said, 14. So I got out of there. And so I just kind of like fished round takeoff the rest of the day. And, yeah. And I was giggly happy. It was the best feeling ever. I come in and I'm in fourth place. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I might make this top 10 cut. Well, the next day... Um, I go out, I catch a four-pounder out the get-go. And now we get this north wind blowing, and all these pads are just, they're folded over, the wind's blowing. I somehow managed another fish, and it was a decent one. But I still needed three more. One o'clock rolls around. And the only other spot that I was able to run around and practice other than that, when I locked down the, day, the first day, because I didn't know where I was at, mm-hmm. I found a little backwater where I looked good, but I really didn't fish. Right. And uh, so I went to the lock, and I locked down the lock, Lockmaster. Now, if you lock on these rivers, even Arkansas River or Darnell here, you're always at risk of barge traffic. And at one o'clock locking is pretty dumb for the most part. I mean, yeah. you just don't do that, especially when you got a three, four o'clock weigh in. Yeah. And we're at the bottom of the pool. And so I'm going through the lock, and my co angler's just shaking his head. The lockmaster says, Are you sure you want to lock down right now? We got a barge coming up. The whole field's locking up. And I'm looking at my watch. It's one o'clock, you know? Back then, I think time went slower. Because <laughs> now it. it <laughs> But I was still thinking, I got plenty of time to do this. We got this. What do I got to lose, you know? But I did have a good one. Yeah. So I locked down, and there's a barge coming up. There's a barge coming up. The, the whole field, they're telling me, as soon as the thing opens up, they're telling me to turn around, turn around, go back up. There's a barge. And I just whoo, zip right by them. Well, I went right by all the boats, then the barge. And, yeah. and I went up into this backwater, and, like, the water dropped. So my boat really didn't go up in it like I thought it would. <laughs> so, so I gave it some gas and went up in, kind of like some of the spots yeah. we got here. And uh, I picked up my frog three casts in a row. I caught three three-pounders oh, wow. on a frog. And I said, we got to get out of here. So I fought my way out of there. I'm, I'm back at the lock, and I'm watching the barge go in the lock and up. And I'm thinking, okay, it's about 2.30. Watch it go to 3 o'clock. And I'm like, hmm. We're going to make this or not. And I know I've got enough for the cut. And that barge went up, whoosh, went out, came down. I mean, it just, it was so smooth and fluid. Huh. And I uh, opened up, got in, locked up, and I ran back. And now I was in the last flight. I was in fourth the first day. I still had my boat wrapped from the Bassmaster from Akuma, which uh-huh. I had an Akuma sponsor at the time. And uh, guys were talking about, oh, how he, you know, because they, they knew it was me because of the wrapped boat. How there's no way he's gonna get back. He got locked out. So it was already the doc talk, you know, the gossip, everything going around that I didn't make it back. Well, I squeaked in there in that last minute, in seconds. No, kidding. made it in there, made the cut. So now I'm in, you know, they. I mean, it was just it was it was a crazy thing. So from there, then I go back to where my original spot on day three. Yeah. And I catch a six pounder, and I catch almost sixteen pounds. So now I'm leading. The next day rolls around. I fought. It was a four-day tournament at the time, and I uh, I fought it out and ended up catching eleven and a half pounds. 
and won the tournament. Wow. Nice. So I won a brand new Ranger boat, which I needed bad. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> At the time. Won me uh, $10,000 cash, which was the, it bad. Got that bad. Make it back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maxed out my credit card even more. Uh, buying everyone dinner that night, but <laughs> I knew I was safe, you know, and yeah. I, I drove all the way to California, got, you know, the money in the bank and everything else and got the new boat on order and, you know, all these good things. I turn around, go back up and fish another Costa or back then it was, it was, um, Everstart tournament. Yeah. So, and then I ended up another chance to win. I ended up eighth place up in, uh, um, little Bay to knock Wisconsin. Wow. And now Granted, I didn't have a map at any of these places. I just showed up and fished. <laughs> that's like, looking at it now, that's just dumb. Yeah. But it's, you know, I think. Wow. I think I was really blessed. And and those kind of really helped get my career going. I, and I ended up coming back home and winning another boat in a Bassmaster Open. And then the very first, so now I'm in the Bassmaster Elites again. And I'm on the FLW Tour 2006. So I win a boat in that. So I won like 100000 in four months. And went from being from broke. being completely negative. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I went and had this, and now I didn't have responsibilities. You know, I wasn't right. tied down to anything. I was living out of my truck anyway. So mm-hmm. I go to the first elite tournament, and I'm throwing my swim bait. I knock out a second place in the very first elite in history. Should have won, I feel like, because I had a nine pounder to come off at the end. But <laughs> I still was able to carry that momentum, and then the very next year, I won a major. So yeah. I mean, it was just. It was never given up against all odds. Uh, I don't see a lot of the guys doing it the way, you know, in my mind, it's like I see the struggle because I know what it was. Exactly. And I'm very blessed now that it's come together, mm-hmm. used the business I gained from the sales yeah. and stuff in the past to help me, you know, build up my uh, sponsorship. But, you know, life is good now. Yeah, so. you have to win to to be known. To even be recognized yeah. or known, but but you have to have that business acumen to go with it to carry you. Well, it, it, you what know. it is is there's 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 two ways to look at it. A lot of guys, you know, and I get hit up all the time, you know, and I love helping people. I mean, if I can help them in any way, if they, you know, reach out to me, I, I tell them how it is, what, you know, what you need to do. You know, they want to get sponsors. I get it. Um, there's, there's two ways to look at the value of being sponsored. One is if a guy's not recognized. Right. Right then, the, then the, their value to a sponsor is what are basically you the visual. You know, you got to work trade shows. You mm-hmm. got to. You're yeah. going to really have to work a lot harder, and 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 prove yourself. Correct. Um, to those companies to show that value, so they're actually making money off of you mm-hmm. because that's ultimately that's, what it's about. Exactly. Now, when you do go out and win, you know, when I finally started winning, I built a name. I've branded the Boom Boom, but now they can use my name and likeness. Mm-hmm to help sell products. Yeah. And that's when the value really goes up. Yes. And so there's a real big difference there. There's, you know, go out and you see guys with jerseys, you know, different levels Mm -hmm. and they're promoting the brands that, you know, they like and everything else. And you know, a lot of it's just for product. Right. But to actually get paid, that company needs to be able to use you to make money, to make money. Absolutely. What's a big difference. You said you've seen some differences. What have you seen since you started to what you're seeing now? I mean, you know, um, gosh, I mean, it, when I, when I first you're talking about for sponsorship yeah. stuff well just yeah. in, and young guys coming into yeah I mean from from when I started I mean it was a struggle it was a real battle I think now you know we didn't have college we didn't have high school fishing yeah. now there's a great mm-hmm. um, you know uh, stepping stone to becoming a professional angler you look at guys like Jordan Lee well yeah there's more of a there's more of a pathway a, there is a, a defined pathway now yeah we didn't have social media Mm-mm. so there was like if you went to a lake. It was an unknown. Yeah. I mean, it was a complete unknown. And that's what I like about, you know, the major league fishing mm-hmm. format that we do now. Because we go to a lake. We can't look at a map. We All we know is we're going to a city. You can't look at any map of any lakes around you. Totally against the rules. You know, we do lie detectors. We do everything really? to make sure that it's a, it's fair. Wow. And uh, so we show up to these, these body of water. You know, we're, we have to figure it out on the fly. Um, nowadays, we go out there. Um, and, and Bass has now got the rule where as soon as it's announced... No information. You, get, you cannot talk to anyone about that lake, which scares me to death when we have to turn it back on Darnell. Well, yeah. Because that means you and I can't go fishing. Right. <laughs> I mean, we can't talk about it. A month before. No. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. From or, the moment it gets announced. Oh, so like it could be that whole year. It could be a year. Wow. If it's a later tournament. Yeah. I'll be fishing by myself out there. <laughs> now, I, can, I mean, I'm allowed to go out there with 
right. you know, by myself, but I wouldn't be able to go fish with Brandon or talk about it or, <clears> and it would be, it'd be hard. Yeah, it would be. I could see that being difficult, but it, it, it levels the, the playing, playing field. field. Yes. Cause I think guys have gotten so good with social media, oh, gotten yeah. so good with gaining this information. Um, and, and I really started seeing it when we went back to California for the first time in some of the elite tournaments where all my buddies that I fished against, which I thought were going to be loyal, they wanted their local guy to win. They've taken out everybody. They've shown them all the stuff. And I'm like, well, I'll be darned. And I, I see guys running my milk run out on the Delta, and I'm like, how do they know about all this? Yeah. You know, It just doesn't happen like that. I mean, yeah. Don't you wish it was like so, hunting? You could just go lease a, lease a portion of the lake and, and nobody comes in there. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's definitely something I would love to be able to do. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's all part of the game, and I think for, for many years I got stubborn and wanted to keep it the way that I, you know. Yeah. I mean, when every tournament that I've won, I've won 100% off of what I figured out. Yeah. And, and usually it's doing something that, you know, like swim bait fishing or, or um, throwing a frog, you know, something that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really good at, like, yeah. you know, I got confidence in. Um, but you see guys that, that, that have – I mean, there's just no way you can go out there and learn so much at such a young age without having that kind of help nowadays. Right. Yeah. Um, not saying I would, I would love to have been able to do that, but that probably wouldn't have worked for the way I mm-hmm. fish. Um, but yeah, so now that's what I'm saying. As far as the, the way it's done now, it's just, it's just. It's technology's changed Technology. Yeah, yeah, it's technology is all it is. It's, um, I look at Jackson and he's on YouTube, my, my 10 year old, and he's telling me all these tackle tricks and stuff and i'm like you know what i mean i see it with young guys yeah. watching just you know mlf or something like that you know where they're having to figure out a lake quick and the guys the younger guys are totally dependent on electronics yeah you know some of the older guys the older, hands, the older hands out there just they're freaking got 19 rods on the deck and they're burning down the banks and you know yeah. it's just I was going to say, do you think it's taken away? Because I love technology, but do you think it's taken away from the the love of figuring stuff out on your own a little bit, or is it just a different way of learning now? Well, it's a different way of learning. I think, you know, it, it's it's going to help the sport grow. I mean, it's it's what's spreading the word, mm-hmm. and that's what's really going to make our sport a mainstream sport. Yeah. Um, if we kept it secret, and, <clears throat> and, and, you know, I've got my stuff that I, you know, mm-hmm. I keep – I keep to myself. I mean, you're not going to see it written in articles, every thought process. But um, if you don't share it, how do you grow the sport? Yeah. So so I think, you know, having the social media and having the, the internet and everything out there, it's a good thing. Um, it does take away a little bit, I think, from, uh, for instance, we're going to Travis Lake next week. Now, I can't talk to anybody about it. It's been off limits from the moment it was announced. But I can get on the internet and Google whatever I want I can go to Google Earth I can go you know what I mean I can I can do the homework right I haven't done it yet and I probably should have (laughs) (laughs) you're like leaving tomorrow (laughs) right right so I mean yeah it's 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 guys are good at compiling that information and I'm going to tell you I am terrible at it Uh, I really am analytics and and all that kind of junk that ain't my forte no at all (laughs) I don't got time for that I'm the same way (laughs) We're too busy having fun. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. how, how long total have you been fishing professionally now? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I had to think about that because I will be 40 years old this year. Scary it's not that think. bad. Nah, but I mean, I don't <laughs> know. I, I started doing it when I was 20. Old man B from the cheap sheets. Well, I've ain't really, that bad. I fished my first pro-am when I was 18, but that doesn't really count because I was still working at tackle stores. I mean, to, to completely – I walked from away fishing. from uh, um, Akuma – which was my last, I was assistant sales manager at Akuma in Southern California when I was 24 years old. Wow. And I haven't looked back since. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, what's Crazy, that? That's uh, 16 years. 16 years full time. Mm-hmm. Time flies, man. We talk Ooh. about it all the time. And we joke about our show and stuff. We've quit so many times. About oh, three yeah. or four times a year, we're like, we're done with I'm this, ready man. to quit Let's right do. now. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but. I got a plan B, actually. <laughs> but you guys like love it. it. Oh, we love it. <laughs> you man. love it. It's a good time. Well, I love the community, and you're probably the same way, just working with meeting new people the, and oh, yeah. awesome. all over the country and industry. And I love it all, man, all aspects of it. I do got to say, my best move was moving right here to Russellville. I, I was That's curious. We, yeah. yeah, how did you end up in Russellville, Arkansas, from California? <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me this 
16 years ago, this would not even been an option. <laughs> um, but really, it's just, and it's just for me not knowing um, how beautiful it is here and how convenient. And Arkansas. And how, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's the greatest place in the world. I mean, if world, you like, really. if you fish, I mean, it's, really, Arkansas is really jam up. I mean, there is just a lot of good kind of like the, here. the hidden the sleeper yeah, state. Almost. Yeah, I is that mean, what it's like in hunting. There's there's more lakes within two hours of Russellville to fish. You can go fish any way you want to fish. Yeah. Any way you want to fish in the world to catch a bass, and you can go do it within two two hours of right here. It's it's so true. It's so, amazing. Kind of tell how you're, you know, came from California to Oklahoma to Arkansas. Yeah. So I was fishing at, at one of the Bassmaster Elite Series the mm-hmm. first year, 2006. They they the inaugural year. And uh, I lost about a three pounder at Grand Lake. It jumped off, and at the time I was I was roommates with uh, Mike Iconelli, mm-hmm. Ish Monroe, Byron Velvic, and Mary Delgado. Which Byron and Mary were the Bachelor on the TV show. Yes. And uh, anyway, they were sponsored by Lawrence. No, I didn't. I had like a little five inch unit on my boat <laughs> at the time. So I had the, yeah. Anyway, they invited me to come to a. Um, I, I didn't make the Saturday cut because that fish jumped off. They they. This is a really cool story, really. So they, this fish jumped off, and I, and I didn't make the cut. I got invited to go have fried chicken at Fort Gibson with their um, customer appreciation day, uh, or you know the whole. It was there was like 300 employees of Lawrence. Yeah, there. And so I get there, and I got a plate full of food, and I'm all excited because this is like the best meal I've had in a while, right? <laughs> and so I, I get one bite into my chicken, and this this lady, <laughs> Linda Colt. She grabs me by the arm, and I didn't know who she was at the time. And she says, do you mind, uh, you know, saying a few words in front of everybody? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. So, I, so I, I, I get the microphone. and uh, You're not sponsored by Lawrence. No, no, not. I, it, no, I wasn't. I was, I was getting the free food. I mean, that's what. <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. I had Velcro Walmart flip-flop Tiva sandal things on <laughs> with a collared shirt and I guess I looked official um but anyway I get I get I get the microphone I'm looking around at a sea of people and I'm like this is the first time I've ever had to really talk in front of a bunch of people other than being on stage you know right. for a tournament but they want me to give a speech I didn't really you know what I mean you know? <laughs> didn't write so nothing. I'm talking about it and I said you know I I got these Lawrence units the, the mapping is great and I, and I started talking and probably shouldn't say what I said because I didn't think about what I said, but I just said, I really love my unit. <laughs> I didn't, you know, and then Mary starts dying. She's laughing. She's on the ground. And, and I, you know, the people with the, the that kind of mind thought about it, you know, and I, and I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that I was just nervous. I was, so I, I, I was done. I was gonna go back and eat. Um, anyway, she told me what I was, I was like, Oh my God, now I'm really humiliated. Well, an ice cream truck comes by. You know, the, I don't yeah. even know how they, and, and she's like, let's go get an ice cream. And, and Byron didn't want to get one, Ish didn't. I was like, I'll go get one. What the heck? So I go over there and I get an ice cream and this blonde comes skipping over. And she said something to me about some guy was wearing like a jumpsuit, looked like gangster, but with a dog, a pit bull and chain and this and that. And it's like 95 degrees out, you know, and she's a velvet suit. I'm like, she's like, aren't you glad you're not wearing that? And I look at her and I said, well, yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy i'm not wearing that <laughs> this is like all this and i'm still embarrassed about what i you know went went down and and i bought her an ice cream and um i ended up buying you know mary one and everything else i eaten and i told mary i said man she's really pretty well lo and behold i gave her one of my Bassmaster elite series qualification <laughs> cards they gave us at the time yeah with my phone number on it and she called me a few days later and we started dating i met her at table rock and uh, she's my wife now. Ain't that crazy? So, <laughs> funny story is when I went back to the house. This is where the story is really cool, though. Is I go back to the house and and I know I'm sure a lot of us our very first rod and reel. What was your first rod and reel, Brent? You like know, sure enough, like just a fishing rod reel combo first that you ever got. Oh yeah, uh, Zebco, Zebco 33. Right, Zebco yeah. 33. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm looking on the wall and I see a patent of the Zebco 33 Classic. And I'm like, my grandpa gave me that rod and reel. That's what got my whole, my father-in-law has a patent on that. 
Holy cow. So, we, yeah, there was a big article. Well, you know, what all came down was like Rod and Real Romance. I mean, really cool deal. Hmm. And, uh, you know, anyway, so we, we moved to Oklahoma. That's where she was from. Uh, we bought a house there and lived there for the last nine years. And um, we got two boys. And then we're driving across country. And I, I really wanted to be near a lake. I felt like I was kind of losing my edge by not being right on the lake. And she goes, what about Darnell? You've always done good here. And I've had some good events mm-hmm. here. and made a couple top 12s. And the past, I said, that would be awesome. I'd love Darnell. And she found this property online. <laughs> and so we went and looked at it. And I said, yep. Wow. That's what we'll do. And so sure enough, here I am. <laughs> and that property was right next to me. And so it was right. How, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so how did you all meet? <laughs> we, uh, how did we meet? School? Well, Daniel with school. school. Yeah. So Fred's boys going to school at uh london elementary where my girls go to school and our wives actually met first and then huh yep next thing you know and, and i mean literally he lives a quarter mile from my driveway ain't that crazy yeah it's wild which isn't that far from here either i mean no it's, it's not, not far at all side of the cosmos uh-uh. but it's yeah it's a good time it's we it, it's funny because we had no neighbors for like 10 years where we live like none <laughs> no now they're everywhere and huh? now we've got another family that's moved in just past us they're really cool we got another family that's moved into the other side of us they're really cool and then fred and julie are right down the road and they're awesome so it's like we got more <laughs> there's no way we can move now ain't no hunting anywhere yeah, before, around no more but <laughs> yeah i can't hunt at home anymore but and that carries me to my hunting career. Uh-oh, okay, here we so, go. So my first, my first deer that I ever shot was on that property before we built on it. Really? So, yeah. And I didn't really know how to hold them up for a photo. So should I go there with this? I know it's a hunting <laughs> Oh, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, go there. So. You, <sighs> it's kind of like a fish, right? First point is you don't hold them up. <laughs> okay, so, I, yeah, I tried to grab it by the skin. I mean, it wasn't a big deer. I think the spots got knocked off it when I shot it. But we ate every bit of it. So it was, yeah, That's so right. I went to a good nourishment to our bodies <laughs> but i held it up you know like this for a photo and it's probably the funniest deer like a dog like by the back of the neck like a neck know? or a dog a cat yeah something like that that's awesome <laughs> i guess <laughs> but ever since then now that was that was a few three years ago four years ago now yeah because right? we bought the property before we ever actually built here yeah yeah they had the property for a couple years before y'all built right you? right we were trying to figure out how we were never yeah do this and uh finally we just if we don't do it now, we're going to sit on this property and never do anything. So yeah. we, we just pulled the plug and did it. Wow. Best thing we ever did. Tell us about your, so you got some lures and stuff like that now, right? I don't know all the details. Brandon's mentioned a little bit. So how, how's all that work in your in your line of work? Well, you know, the, the going to uh, the branding of the Boom Boom, you know, that's the nickname they gave me. And a lot of people ask me, well, how'd you get called Boom Boom? And, uh, I, you know, for me, the boom boom was uh, something that was it was kind of cool. The media started calling me that when I made top twelve. It was kind of like the boxer boom boom Mancini. Yeah, out goes the lights. You know that's what they that's kind of how the media started calling me that because early in my career I'd won a couple of events back to back years um, on the elites, and uh, so that's how the nickname kind of came through. And I was thinking, well, heck, I've been called a heck of a lot worse. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and you know we're gonna we're gonna brand this. We're gonna trademark yeah. it, and so. Um, I've got rods with iRod yeah. out of California with the Boom Boom logo on it. Um, and Brandon's fishing them now. Yeah, absolutely. They're phenomenal. They're sweet rods. Wow. Um, I've got a uh, topwater frog that we've just we've we've it's just released this new, year. Right? Yeah, brand new. Um, and it's it's an awesome frog. I mean, that's one of the techniques that I'm really known for. Yeah. And I put about a year into making this frog. I mean, 20 prototypes. I mean, Brandon's seen just yeah, about... Brandon caught the first fish. I was going to do if I could bring that up or not. Brandon caught the very first fish on my frog walk behind us, me. And I was, that. I've never seen such a mixed emotion in a guy in my whole life. Dude, it was... It was I mean, he didn't know whether to be happy or to cry. Or cuss to, you. I mean, he was... Re- I was like... I felt bad almost. Almost. That is so funny. Well, it, it, he was excited that it caught fish. <laughs> it was, but not you. It was it. your spot, though. You said, "Hey, I got an area we can go get bit on a frog." Yeah. And I said, "Let's go. We got we got these things in the mail. I don't need to go yep. test them." That and this is awesome. You know, coming to the, towards the last prototype frog. Yeah. Um. And so we went up there, and sure enough, Brandon third, fourth cast <laughs> sticks three and a half pounder on it, and I'm like, "What?" And I was, I mean, I was fired up, excited, and then I real, then then it hit me. I didn't catch the first fish on my own bait. <laughs> Okay, so That's hilarious. So freaking hunter. 
So then, aren't you what just a, a hunter? What a jerk! Yeah, no, so messed you're up. not supposed to be able to do that. But then I figured if Brandon could catch one on it, anybody could. Oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> nah, True just, statement. Nah, that's funny. True statement. No. So I didn't know but, that all about the boom boom name actually. Yeah. I actually in my mind I didn't even talk to B about this, but I just thought it was kind of like the boom, the fish hitting, and then the boom hook sets. What I kind of thought it was. Well, that, that I actually probably should go with that. You like story. that? I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> that's a boom boom. You well, know? And, and it's funny because the other bait, which Kentucky Lake, we just came off Kentucky Lake, mm-hmm. um, and I, I finished fifth there, and I was throwing my my signature swim bait, and it's it's the boom boom swim bait, and uh, when they hit that swim bait, it's like you said, it's boom. You feel the first boom, and the second boom is when you set the hook. You like yeah. you feel them smack it, and you feel their crunchers on it, and uh, that second hook, that's when you. If if I just get one tap on it, I usually keep reeling it. Because oh, yeah. I know that there's going to be another mm-hmm. more ferocious bite with it, and that's when you set the hook. And once you hook them, you just you land them. I mean, yeah. that's done. It's been good. We caught them oh, Here. all year oh, long. Yeah, I mean, right. it's been it's been phenomenal. That swim bait is unbelievable. Now we're into frog season, so I'm excited about that. Um, is that what you're fishing up winning with your tournaments right now? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the frog and the swim bait have really uh, produced a lot of. Fin- I went down and did a charity event for Brian Robinson. Um, he's the uh, defensive end and team captain of the Vikings. Oh, wow. And so he does a canines for cops event. Um, and he brings celebrities and everything. We went down, I actually got to fish with his dad and we won the, 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 the celebrity day, uh, down there, Sam Rayburn throwing nothing but the frog in the swim bait. Oh, wow. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much the last two tournaments of frog, I got a video. It was pretty crazy because I, I looked at my line and we're grand Lake and it's really not a frog lake. And it was kind of frayed, and I was on braid, and it's you know fifty pound braid. I'm like, oh, maybe down to twenty with it being frayed like that. I, don't know. I just I didn't even bother retining because that wasn't what I was doing. And I pull into this little pocket, and I see some some of the um, algae kind of blown up against it, and pollen mixed, and behind a dock, and it got all hot and glazed. And I said, I bet you there's a fish back there to eat my frog. So I pulled out my rod locker and I fire it down there, and I get to walk, and it, and I mean, one of the best explosions you've ever seen on a frog eats it, and I set the hook and break the braid oh, i'm like wow you goober why did you not <laughs> retie this so then like it all happened so fast i looked down the water and this video is on my facebook page too so you guys can watch it's pretty funny so i look down the water and i see the the braid floating there and i'm like oh it may may have just broken my rod so i grab all this braid and i'm hand winding it in and i realize that's the line attached to my reel. So now I just wadded up and tangled <laughs> all, your all my braid. So I cut it off. And now I've got like a very little bit of braid left. You got to have this braid. And then you got mono backing. So I got like 12 pound mono backing behind this 50 pound braid. Luckily, it's fresh braid at this point because it hadn't been really casted. So I tie that frog back on a new one. And I position myself. It might have been 15 minutes later. And I make that exact same cast. And lo and behold, that bass ate it again. Wow. And it was almost a five pounder and I caught it. So, um, I mean, that was, that was unreal. And, uh, it was kind of the talk at the meeting at the next event because people watched that on my Facebook page. They're like, how you're the only one that could get a bite like that on a frog, break them off and catch them again. Dude. <laughs> I can't explain it. Can't explain it, but it happened. It. <laughs> and then, uh, then I got one or two bites on my swim bait in practice going into Kentucky Lake. I said, you know what? I've got confidence in it. I'm just going to stick it out. And sure enough, I finished top five. Wow. I was two fish away from winning, and I I came in with only three on day three, unfortunately. But it was an an outstanding event, and it's it's back-to-back top 12s. That's awesome. Top 10 angler of the year right now. I think I'm seventh, maybe. That's phenomenal. So That ain't good enough. No, it's not good enough, but it's it's (laughs) definitely the best start I've had in a while. (laughs) It keeps moving. Each tournament, it's it's a little bit higher and a little bit higher. That's all. Brandon, Brandon was telling me how close and just ounces separate winning from losing. And just the little just minor the details that, that separate the top 12 from It's unbelievable. I've been on the other side of it a lot, and it's, it's, it's just one bite. It comes down to everybody is so good on the elite tour. Yeah. You can't think about how good they are because they're, they're going to catch them. Yeah. All you can do is do what you know and go and – Try to capitalize on every single minute of that day, and make sure that you don't make a mistake. Yeah. Um, and 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 hope at the end of the day, you, there's days I come in thinking I crushed them, 
and I'm in 25th place, <laughs> 30th, sometimes 70th or 80th. Wow. And it's like, and then you scratch your head and go, well, how am I ever going to get myself out of this hole Yeah. the next day? And, and I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's that a stressful crazy. game, but it's so fun. And, and then when you get on stage, like I was in the hot seat for a while and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember making a post about it, but it's just those moments of taking the lead and, and just being victorious for a second, yeah. knowing it wasn't going to last, but just knowing that for you were up there. Yeah. And uh, like I wanted to make sure on on the third day or whatever it was or the fourth day uh, no not the fourth day maybe it was the second day of the tournament when I had twenty two ten I wanted to make sure I weighed in first that way I knew I was taking the lead yeah. just so I knew I could have the lead for a moment <laughs> makes for a great post too well, yeah, I, mean, I led for yeah because it says on the scoreboard Fred Rambanis get a picture real quick he's leading by eighteen pounds because no one else has weighed in that day. <laughs> That reminds me of like I don't know who it was. It'd be if I went and fished a tournament with Fred, I would be the guy that like ten years down the road. Who's the guy that was with Jordan that time? He's like, I remember the time we combined for fifty three. This guy scored like had a free throw. I don't remember who it was, but <laughs> but that's his story now. The day me and Jordan combined for like I don't know what it was, fifty, sixty points or something. Yeah. But the dude caught that'd be me and Fred. Yeah. So I wouldn't have anything. That's awesome. <laughs> well, man, this has been enjoyable i kind of feel like a third wheel on a date in this whole fishing deal um i'm just a media guy over here but i love Wait. love hearing kind of your background and story i appreciate the opportunity so coming off two top wheels grand lake kentucky lake headed to where are we headed next travis lake travis texas travis texas um uh, it's in austin and then is uh, all I know. <laughs> Sabine River after that, or do you go um, to Wisconsin after that? You know, I I actually have a major league fishing event. Oh, that's right. At an unknown location. location. Hey, Tom, didn't you like? Isn't that the one where the championship belt? B was. What's that one? B told me you had your big old championship belt. You pulled oh, out one night. Hundred pound club. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I broke a hundred pounds in a Bassmaster event at Lake Olmstead. That that very first one where I told you I lost that nine pounder. So you get uh, like a WrestleMania belt or something? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's only flag it. that's awesome. There's only a few of them out there. So how many? What, what? At the what time, that was 12? that was the second or third one ever. And that now there's there's probably about ten. Maybe. That's what I was gonna say. Only ten or so of those belts. Wow. Ever. Yeah, to break a hundred pounds. I mean, that means you're doing twenty five pounds a day. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're on four days in a row. That's pretty hard to do. So it's yeah, got to line up. I mean, it's got to be the the right lake that has that kind of fish. And yeah, it. And I mean, I'm not saying Darnell couldn't do it because I've seen potential, but it would be phenomenal oh. to make it hold. Yeah. But I don't I, see it holding it on. I mean, you could catch 25 pounds here. I remember back in the day there was some sacks came in like that, but, but not four days in a yeah, row. Yeah, you'd have to do it four yeah, days in a row. You, you'd have to basically abandon ship on this place. One, day, you know, where you caught a 25 pound and go to another area that's got that kind of potential. Because yeah. I don't see it holding up any spot two days in a row. No, I don't either. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty cool. You know, so you got a major league event coming up. Yep, got a major league event coming up, and then I got a bass open on the Red River. Um, I'm not sure if that's before Sabine. I think I got Sabine, which the Orange Texas tournament was supposed to be uh, a few weeks back, and then because of high water and flooding, they postponed it till June. Til June. Yeah, so we go back down there to, to to fish that one, and then I think I got Red River the very next week. So, and then we go up north. Totally uh, different there. Yeah, it's gonna be a total different. You know, from dirty, muddy, shallow. <laughs> Going through 15 props. <laughs> I think I'm, that on, bad? I'm on my sixth prop this year already, and we're just a few tournaments. Have in. you had some crazy, just going to unknown lakes, have you had some crazy stuff happen? Lower units and all that kind of junk? Oh, everything. Yeah, I mean, you name it. I've, I've, I, You know, when you don't know, it's almost better because you'll just run through stuff, and then you don't know. Oh, yeah. I've if, seen guys come out here in tournaments, yeah. and I'm like, what are they doing? They're like doing 70 across the place i would never even troll stunt, well, like, stunt, i was probably one of those lap. guys <laughs> when i first came here because i remember i was in second place and i had a whole flotilla of boats and i ran i ran into piney and i was on that left bank running all the way down i just ran straight across and there were boats just i mean <laughs> scattered everywhere and i ran down and I made like three casts turn around ran all the way back out and <laughs> wow didn't have a single boat on me after that <laughs> But you don't know. I mean, if yeah. it was probably the most dangerous thing you could possibly imagine, but. You've made it. I was going fast. And I was on pad. There was only <laughs> drafting a few inches of water. <laughs> exactly. So. You only got just a little bit sticking <laughs> in the water. <laughs> that is crazy, man. Yeah. It's, 
It's they, way better running over stuff at 60. Hey, you know, I do got to I do got to bring up one thing. I uh I've been wearing this bracelet. Um it's autism awareness, you know, April is uh-huh. autism awareness month and John Cruz and uh um Eli Delaney with Fishing with a Mission, um they they've gotten together to do, you know, something for all the anglers to kind of help spread the awareness and they put together a uh, a trophy and and kind of to help us uh, you know just use us to help you yeah. know, spread the word and uh there's a lot of people that i know that have autistic children and, yeah um you know and and anyway um i've been wearing this bracelet ever since they gave it to us for they were supposed to be given to us at the orange but they gave it to us at grand lake and uh that wasn't like two weeks ago was it it was two weeks ago they gave it to us yeah and you I, better keep wearing that dude so yeah so i've put this <laughs> on i put this i put this bracelet that. on and i think a lot of my success is because of this bracelet yeah. so i've been wearing it and uh um, I'm going to continue to wear it. And as a matter of fact, I will be uh, sporting the uh, logos on my oh, truck and awesome. boat as well. Heck yeah. um, and I'll be making a donation. Is, is fishing, so. fishing superstition, is it like baseball superstition? Like we used to wear the same state tournaments and stuff. We'd wear the same jock straps, same same underwear. We wouldn't wash them if we was on a winning streak. Is it like, yeah. is it like cutting fishing? They, they, they're, 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 I, I, got, I got the weird, I got some weird ones. But yeah, it's. it's uh, Give us one or two. I mean, I, I'm, I'm always, you know, we go by like a. A graveyard or something. I'm always kind of saluting the the, the, the fishermen. You know what I mean? Oh what, yeah. What happened was High Rock Lake, which was the the a major. I won a quarter million in one event. Wow. And uh, I remember going there, and and that I, the, all I knew about High Rock Lake was Brian Kershaw. That he was a Federation Nation guy. He won the Bassmaster Classic at 24 years old. The whole world was looking at him. I mean, mm-hmm. he here's the youngest, hottest fisherman. He's got these sponsorship deals, and unfortunately, he had a you know, it was in a plane crash mm. and, and passed away. And I remember going to that lake and, and seeing a, a cemetery and I just kind of, you know, just nodded my head and just, you know, I was thinking about yeah. it and I just got the chills. It's kind of like on huh? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. And I, and I ended up winning that tournament and I never caught a limit in four days. Wow. So I think it's the only tournament in Bassmaster history. I just caught big ones. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, every time I see a cemetery, I'm always thinking of, yeah. I try to look at a couple of the names when I'm driving by, which probably isn't the safest thing to do but <laughs> just to you know just to, yeah. to recognize i mean they're, oh, they're, they're cool. there for a reason and you know i'm i'm you know that's awesome. just uh yeah. oh, i think that's one of the coolest things man talking about your bracelet and what they're doing yeah. using your platform to you know spread awareness and a lot of that's what a lot of it's about you know yeah helping yeah. people absolutely so uh yeah i will continue to wear this so give us real quick who's some people in the industry you you look up to uh gosh a lot of them i mean I still have a a Wheaties box, of Denny Brower. You, you, you know, and, and, and he signed. He didn't even know he signed it for me, and it's probably got maggots in it now. But it's an old, it's a Wheaties box unopened. Yeah, and he was on the front of it, and I got that. Uh, Denny Brower's, you know, for his flipping and his his winning at the time. I mean, he was unreal. Kevin Van Dam. I mean, obviously nowadays, Kevin yeah. Kevin will always be the goat, the greatest yeah. of all times. So, I mean, there, there's, um, you know, it, I look up to those guys. I look up to. Uh, Man, there's a lot of John Murray is actually one of my best friends on tour. He's been doing it. <clears throat> I mean, ever since West Coast days, he had won. Gosh, I think he's won thirty something boats in wow. California, in Arizona, before he even before came out. pro. Yeah, before pros. Now you know he won one last year at Toledo Bend, but he's always been. He's just like a superhero to me when it comes to fishing. You know, and Skeet yeah. Reese and 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 a lot of those guys. You know, um, and it's cool to be friends with them too. Oh, yeah. And Rick Clun. I mean, gosh, that you know, see oh, yeah. Rick Clun and. Paul Elias, I mean, still be able to do what they're doing. So, at, so are there at guys, the level they're doing it for as long as they've been doing it? Are there guys on the flip side of that where you're like, because I know in our industry, in the television world for ten years, you see new up and coming, you're like, holy crap, they're good. Do you yeah, and it? then I look at Jordan Lee, and yeah. Jordan Lee is an inspiration to me because what I see in Jordan, you know, he's won back-to-back classics now. Yeah, <clears throat> is he goes out there with that, eh, I'll wing it attitude. <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't yeah. have a real game plan. He just goes fishing. He fishes the conditions. He fishes what's available and he's a natural yeah that kid you know we talked about mm-hmm. these younger kids but that kid right there is he's a natural real he's the real deal he comes in with 17 18 pounds every day he fishes i don't wow. know how he does it he's been doing it since he started with the elites and um yeah it's, it's, he's an incredible fisherman so uh yeah i mean it, it's pretty cool to watch guys like that you know and, oh yeah and see that <clears throat> for sure so where do you see yourself five years from now What's it look like for you? you? Still gonna be doing the same thing? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, <laughs> it's just what I, you do, ain't it? Yeah, I mean, 
This is something you can do for a long time. You too, can, you as long can. as you keep winning, right? Yeah, you can compete for a long time. I mean, it's 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 what I love to do. I think I may not fish as many events throughout the year. Maybe just stick to the elites and, mm-hmm. and some major league. But um, you know, right now I'm doing the opens and, and yeah. just kind of you know, the more you you're on the water, obviously the the better you you, you make decisions. Yeah. Um, and it, that's just probably like hunting. You yeah, just, you read you, the water better. Same thing if you're in the woods all the time. You yeah. just, I mean you know what's going on you know you, what, you follow because it can change daily right and 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 when you're there you can see it changing that's right but if you're not there for a week or two weeks or a month yeah. then you're it's brand new again when you walk in that's right that's right it's like yeah you the more you fish the better you are mm-hmm. i mean it, it, time on the water is what pays the bills absolutely so um you know i i will because we live here i'll just be fishing here instead of maybe all these tournaments you mm-hmm. know and and some of these other lakes we live at, but, mm-hmm. uh, just, I love fishing. I mean, yeah. I do it because I love it and I'm passionate about it. Uh, you've been so. blessed, man. You're definitely, I know, I know we get it a little bit with what we do, but you, you hear guys all the time, man, I wish I could do what you do. You know, mm-hmm. they may not see what all went into it yeah. to get there. Like some of the stories you've told us, but what would you tell, give us a couple, just a couple things here. What would you tell young guys that <clears> saying, man, I want to, I want to be like Fred. I could tell you a couple of things. Um, one is, don't ever give up on your dreams. You're going to be throwing obstacles that you don't think you can surpass. But once you do, yeah, they were thrown at you for a reason. They were to toughen you up. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, uh, uh, I just drew a blank. <laughs> I, I, look, look, I fished 14 out of the last 15 days. So. <laughs> and being um, roped you into this but yeah, podcast. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I mean, don't give up. Just chase your dream. Um, and and you know what? That what I was gonna. That this is what I was gonna say is, there's gonna be people that are gonna be negative in your life. Oh yeah. They're gonna bring negative. They're gonna tell you you can't do it. You can't. I was to tackle. You know, places yeah. in California that uh, I thought were my friends. Mm-hmm. My other friends would go in there and and they'd hear them talking about me. He's not good enough. He's not this, that. Well, guess what? I don't talk to those people anymore. Right. Yeah. Now, friends that told me that were best friends, but yeah. you know, it's 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 the negativity. You got to shine that. You got to get away from it. Yeah. Because negativity breeds negativity. Yeah. And if you can get away from that and stay around positive people, you know, like both of you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. it's have you amazing. have you seen though? Because I think we went through a little stage of that, especially on a local level when we oh, first yeah. started. You ain't doing a TV show, whatever. Yeah. But what yeah. I've seen now is ten years later, people are like. It's more of a respect thing, like son of a gun. They did do it, and they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you do you see that with what you've done? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not just an elite fisherman. I'm an elite survivor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually 37 of us, I that think is the exact count right since now. Since they started? Since they've started wow. in 2006 that are still fishing. Wow. Um, I mean, there's a qualification. you got to continue oh, yeah. to uh, to succeed. But, um, yeah, I, I like to call myself a survivor. Heck, Yeah. <laughs> So when I'm not catching that good, at least I'm surviving. Yeah, I'm still always doing something, doing right? something right. When you're always learning too. It's and I that's mean, the thing. It's you, you got to constantly always learning. learning, always yeah. learning. Um, I'm fortunate to do some of those Bass University seminars and stuff, and they, they they gather up some of the other pros. And believe me, when I when when I'm done talking, I'm sitting there listening. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I want to hear what they do and the way they think. Um, just because I've never gotten a chance to fish with these guys. Yeah, and uh, you you learn. I mean, it's like you. Mm-hmm. You showed me a couple little tricks yesterday, and I'm like, man, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give away your, your <laughs> tricks on, uh, you know, on right a podcast here, but, 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 you know, just, just rigging techniques. And, and I mean, there's so many. It never stops. It's, and if you ever shut it off and don't, don't try and take it in or consume it, then you fall behind. Yeah. It, it's That's funny. in life in general, too. It doesn't I mean, matter what it's in. It, 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 it's funny because in our world, hunting, fishing, mm-hmm. that's our world. That's our culture. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. we, we, we walk away from it. And everything's foreign. I mean, I, I get to now, if if I go and people are talking about even sports now, because I haven't followed the sports yeah. as much as I have um, because I'm so consumed with it. It's like, yeah, I feel a culture shock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, disconnected. And when it is your, you know, when it's your passion and it's your hobby and it's your career and it's you're in it all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's that's what I tell people about all the time. It's never a day of work. If yeah, I'm 70, yeah. 80 hours a week, you don't even think about it because you love what you do. Yeah. You know? But there's a process to getting there, too. I think what mm-hmm. you said with not giving up is definitely a key component in, 
in helping people get there. It's so, hard work. B, you got anything else? No. Uh, go get you some boom boom baits. They work. That's hey, right. Hey, That's do what. tell us real quick. How can we hook up with you on social media? I know you're all over Instagram, yeah, yeah. And Facebook. Um, What's your handles? Fred Rumbanis. Uh, F R E D R O U M B A N I S. That's Instagram and Facebook. So, um, uh, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm not really good at Twitter. I think it's connected to my Facebook, but I don't think I've ever really. I don't think I've ever really. I'm exactly the same way. I've got so, one, but I have never posted not one single thing ever. I do more on Instagram than anything because it's so uh, easy yeah. and it's fun and and there's less trash on there. Yeah, it's, Facebook's so depressing sometimes. Yeah, you know, so negative so much sometimes. Exactly. Crap, yeah, and, and all these people trying to like sell stuff they're sponsored by. No kidding. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Go buy you some boom boom baits. Uh, okay, and get you a Triton, right? <laughs> Triton Mercury Garmin. Oh, I will say that's one that has impressed me a bunch about getting to know Fred and is just you know the way he's taken that boom boom and branded it and turned it into. I mean that's to me as I see it that's a that's a retirement plan for a for oh, somebody yeah. like Fred you know that that is self employed. I mean that's thinking. Way 20 years from now you know that you know that's money that's coming in that you really you know you're, you know we talk about this a lot on the, on the podcast we talk about it being innovative and innovation and in, and you're in what you do it seems pretty dang challenging to come up with something innovative that hadn't been done right when it comes to lures and baits is that constantly on your mind and it, thinking through stuff yeah i mean it, it definitely i mean one of the things we did with our frog is there's a lot mm-hmm. of different frogs out there is we've added frog fur now there's no such thing as frog fur of course but We've added a nylon looping to the back of the frog, which yeah. is similar like the, to Velcro. It's, it's, it's similar, like to the female side of Velcro. Right. Okay. So when a bass gotcha. grabs it, so their the teeth side. get hooked in it. Oh wow! They can't shake the bait. That's awesome. They have a hard time shaking it. I'm not saying they're gonna you, right. you're gonna catch every fish to blow, but you're gonna catch more. Yeah. And in, in, in a day of competition, if I get one or two more fish in the boat that blow up, deal. that's that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. That's that fine line that, we talked exactly, about earlier. Exactly. That's the that's the one fish here or one miss here that yeah. from 50th to top 12. Right. That's it. You know? That's exactly what it is. It that's could be awesome. that many spots. But yeah, innovation is definitely, you know, we're always tinkering. We're always coming up with things, but then get coming up with an idea and then turn into a reality. That's making it happen. Oh, yeah. That's not talking about, that's doing it. There's a lot of good ideas out there. You got to do things. You know, I think <laughs> we, have, we have a bunch. Got we have one every day. 15 a week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> got time for that. Yeah, my grandpa told me, and and um, he was commander World War Two um, of submarines. I mean, he was Silver Cross, and my my ultimate hero. And uh, when I was eighteen, nineteen, he spent his last few years with me, uh, living with with my parents. Yeah, and we just talked all the time, and and he was constantly doing things, laying bricks. I mean, doing. He says, "Look, there's doers and there's talkers. Yeah, be a yep. doer. Yeah, that's exactly and, right." Be a and that's it. Be a problem solver. That's we talk about, we it, all talk the about time. it all the time. Yep. Got to figure stuff out. Yep. I'm don't sure wait that. on somebody to help you figure it out. Just go figure it out. And if yeah. you and don't, someone done. else gonna come out with yeah. it, and you're gonna be like, "That was my idea." Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah," because you didn't jump on it. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. Well, man, Fred, it's been great having you on today, man. I appreciate glad, it. Thank uh, you. Glad to have you. Been been a great time learning about your story a little bit, and wish you the best of luck moving forward, man. We're gonna keep up with you. Keep. We need to have on. another recap podcast after he goes down to Texas and wins. Yeah, we do. You win. Uh, we're gonna get up with Zach up there at Ranger and Triton here before too long. Heck and, yeah. Uh, we might try to get you on when we go up there too. Let me know. I'll come with you. He's listening right now, Zach, and uh, he's killing it. So you better need to give him more boats and more money. For this <laughs> That's right. I know you're listening, Zach. Come on, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well guys that's gonna wrap it up man good to have you on B once again as always awesome time you bet you guys be safe out there if you're on the water be safe go catch some big ones peace out later thank you <laughs>